It's time for Forward Nation Radio. Now here he is, the host of Forward Nation Radio, David Leventhal. Welcome to Forward Nation Radio. I'm David Leventhal. On today's show, addressing the right-wing lie machine, including whether lawsuits are the way to stop right-wing lies. We'll also have a bit of the latest on impeachment and the latest on the Biden presidency, in part because I still like just saying Biden presidency. Somehow kind of liberating. But first, fighting for freedom and democracy around the world. These are indeed tumultuous times as some countries continue to lapse into authoritarianism. There is some blowback in some unexpected parts of the world. In Russia, protests against the reign of Vladimir Putin, the kleptocracy and autocracy of Vladimir Putin, you know, Donald Trump's uh, pal and America's former leader, uh, led by supporters of Viktor Navalny and protests on the street, wondering at this point what's going to happen in Russia. Followed suit by Myanmar, which has slipped back into autocracy. Another a military, the military has retaken over the country after a few years of allowing some sort of civilian rule. Understanding a little bit, shedding some light on why. Former world hero, Dawn Sang Suu Kyi, seemed to have let everybody down in the eyes of the world and not being the supporter of civil rights for the Rohingya minority and others and for democracy that we all thought she was going to be. Maybe we have a little more information as to why. Meanwhile, this repressive military government of Myanmar is facing massive countrywide protests by people who are willing to suffer through shootings in order to protest to try to get freedom for themselves and their families. Meanwhile, in the United States, we continue to have people fighting on the streets for the right to poison their neighbors and overturn a Democratic... Oh, boy. Yeah, here we are. America is really put in context with in light of the rest of the world right now while people around the world show courage in fighting for things that are real americans continue to show what it's like to be pampered worthless stupid self-entitled sons of bitches and what they're fighting for doesn't quite have the same ring of freedom that uh, that that people are actually fighting for in parts of the world where their freedom is in reality endangered you wonder if this juxtaposition of people fighting for democracy around the world with who's protesting in the united states of america you wonder if this juxtaposition this embarrassment to america is lost on anyone in the world who's not a fucking moron in the united states anyway uh speaking of donald trump as we were and the trump virus 
The latest numbers briefly, we're hovering around the 27 million mark of Americans who've been infected. And uh, depending on who you read, about 470,000 or approaching 470,000 deaths continuing to skyrocket. Cases and deaths are, here's the good news, down slightly. There has been some good news in the last couple of weeks. Cases and deaths are down slightly in many places. The hospital crisis has abated slightly. I know where I'm broadcasting from, Suffolk County, we just get alerts every day that basically just say, stay inside your home and lock all your doors and close all your windows because it's bad out there. So Trump virus brings us to the first aspect of the Biden presidency that we'll be discussing. The first bill that's being pushed through under President Biden uh, and Vice President Kamala Harris's first tie-breaking vote in the United States Senate. We expect first of many. We, in many respects, hope first of many. Was, of course, Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus package. Stimulus package without the $15 minimum wage, which many of us supported uh, vociferously. I guess even for Democrats, helping people is one thing, but making businesses help people is quite a different story. So it's it's through the Senate with the tie-breaking vote of the vice president. The House has put it on a fast track to be passed through. It's going to have to be passed, of course, without any Republican help in the Senate or the House because, of course, Republicans, especially that being basically synonymous with businesses, draw the line at helping people in need. So uh, Biden and the Democrats at this point seem to basically be playing good cop, bad cop, which is kind of fun that Biden keeps talking the talk and meeting with Republicans who do have nothing, absolutely nothing to offer him because they do not speak for a political party that will do anything to help Biden or this country. And Biden goes through the motions of listening. And meanwhile, the Democrats in the House and the Senate, hopefully, will just keep moving forward on everything that needs to be in this done in this country, regardless of what the Republican sons of bitches and traitors actually decide to do to get in the way. Uh, the, the hope here, Biden tells Americans, I'm going to work with the other side. This is about unity and whatever else while the Democrats in the House and Senate actually work for the American public and do what needs to be done, which means ignore Republicans. The hope here is that maybe, finally, Democrats have realized just how fucking stupid the average American voter is and how they could just say one thing and do another just like the Republicans. And that would be a great improvement, actually, although not necessarily one... That supports the whole concept of democracy. Anyway, Biden should, of course, just approve the the package he's got. There is, as I've noted before, one reasonable one reasonable thing in the GOP proposal. I am perfectly happy with him means testing recovery checks. I'm perfectly happy with this going quickly through the Senate, maybe some of the House, and then. Let Biden go to Republicans. You wanna you wanna make the improvements you want? I'm happy to do it. We'll modify the bills. 
You ask for means test, we'll means test. There's some minimal means testing in the bill now, but it's only the ultra rich who don't get who don't get the payments under the under the proposal. So let's reduce those numbers a little bit at the numbers that would that would stop you from getting the check. Let's let's lower the means test and have more people not get those recovery checks, people who absolutely do not need it. And let's say fine. That will agree to that bipartisan bit with the Republicans. You can imagine how much I'm holding my breath here. So the other news really for, for the week, of course, has been on impeachment. We continue to look forward by looking back. And again, I'm happy to report that the Democrats are not this time falling for the usual bullshit that in order to look forward, we need to basically let all the Republican criminals get away with what they've been doing. So Democrats move toward impeachment in the Senate, impeachment trial in the Senate, and they have prepared a searing indictment of the president's misbehavior, criminality, fomenting of a riot against the government of the United States. The Democrats' case in the Senate continues to be aided by what, what the, 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 the facts, yeah, facts that continue to come out about just how bad Donald Trump and Republicans' roles were in this whole thing. One thing about the impeachment that I'm sort of looking forward to is I expect that the Democrats are going to make this riveting TV. For those of us who want to keep being reminded just what a criminal political party looks like. I think they're going to be using a lot of videos. They're going to be showing there's a headline in the New York Times today that the Democrats in the Senate are going to try to remind Republicans in Congress how afraid they were on January 6th because of course it's already been consigned to the to the distant memory bin as they were told to have it be done so I think that we will be seeing all kinds of videos and getting all kinds of new information about just how bad this was how dangerous this assault was, and how many lives were so close to being snuffed out, including, I expect, that of the former vice president of the United States, who apparently now is homeless. And sure, none of this will be aimed at Trump supporters, who will not be watching anything having to do with the impeachment trial, because these are people who obviously will not need reality to intrude upon what they know to be true. But maybe for the rest of us, maybe to just remind Americans and normal people and thinking sane people, and maybe even some Republicans, what really was at stake? They're not going to get a conviction by, unless something shocking happens, and I can't imagine anything shocking enough to get a conviction. But good, let's just keep this in front of people, and let's remind everybody in America what was at stake on January 6th in this country and how close we were to losing everything. Meanwhile, Democrats file what is, by all accounts, a searing indictment, a well-organized, a well-crafted, you know where this is going to go now at this point, right? Brief to argue in favor of conviction of the former president. And the Trump legal team basically responds in crayon. From a, when, you, when you read about presidential impeachment defense briefs, 
having so many spelling errors, including in the title of the case, you just think, who's doing this? Like, this is, this is, they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel. We'll talk about why in a second. But one of the big arguments from the Trump legal team is that Donald Trump has the First Amendment defense here. He could say whatever he wants under the First Amendment. 144 mixed constitutional scholars, constitutional scholars that run the gamut from very left to very right, wrote a letter, public letter, calling Trump's First Amendment arguments frivolous, called his defense frivolous. In other words, just like their arguments in favor of overturning the election. This is from, from across the political gamut. In one of the least shocking announcements in the history of civilization, the pathologically lying former president will not be testifying. Oh, what a surprise. Yes, as we know from the first impeachment, no lawyer would put a guy on the stand who is certain to commit perjury, even if you just asked him what he ate for breakfast. That's what it means to be a pathological liar. So Donald Trump will not be testifying in his own defense. But, of course, this is all a a, a dog and pony show, as I've indicated. And it is because the pressure comes totally off your defense. These are great conditions to act as a lawyer under. There is no pressure whatsoever what you are doing when you have utterly and completely bought the jury. And considering the jury is Republican senators, they're bought and paid for. So nothing having to do with Donald Trump's defense matters. Certainly there's no reason for him to testify because the jury's already made their, rendered their verdict before the trial even started. Uh, speaking, I love these segues, speaking of verdicts and trials starting, One of the big pieces of news during the week was Smartmatic, uh, electronic voting information, brings a defamation suit versus right-wing media. In fact, it brought a $2.7 billion, billion with a B, lawsuit against Fox News and three of its most prized lying sacks of shit, Maria Bartiromo, Lou Dobbs, and Jeanine Pirro, all of whom we've discussed on the show before. $2.7 billion. To put that in perspective, that is more than Fox has spent settling sexual harassment lawsuits against Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly and I think the rest of its lineup. That is more than it spent selling sexual harassment claims. This is a big number. They're also suing Rudy and Trump lawyer Sidney Powell, who, among other things, ingratiated herself to Trump by making up lies about longtime dead Venezuelan leader Hugo Chavez's role in setting up this Smartmatic software for voting machines. It's crazy beyond belief. Voting machine companies are facing organized attacks. They're arguing 
as they have been. This is a company that provided election technology, by the way, in one U.S. county. We've talked about this before. L.A. County, that's it. They provided election technology used in machines in L.A. County. That was it. Meanwhile, they have been a favored whipping boy on Fox News and by Sidney Powell, Giuliani, Bartiromo, Dobbs, Pirro, etc. Because if you're going to make up lies, you need somebody to make them up about. This follows a lawsuit from several weeks ago from voting machine company Dominion, who also sued Sidney Powell and Rudy for their role in spreading lies about their equipment and election theft. This is a source of great glee. I I kid you not, I don't run away from that. It is great to see these sons of bitches sued. But it opens up a whole bunch of questions about lawsuits and about media in general. First off, one important thing to note about these lawsuits is that they seem to work. This already seems to be working. And yes, Donald Trump, for instance, has been thrown off of Twitter, but not everybody has. And they haven't all lost their sources. Do you notice how we haven't heard from a lot of these people recently? There was, you may have heard about this, the famous incident on Newsmax. Newsmax, the the company that's out there to make Fox News look sane. Newsmax had the my pillow dick. Um, what's his? I don't know. I, I I forget his name offhand, but he doesn't deserve as Mr. Fuckhead, the my pillow dick. And by the way, seriously, if you have a my pillow pillow. You should probably already have burned it. But he he appeared and he he appeared on a Newsmax show, some right-wing shit, and he starts peddling the lies about stolen election. And the Newsmax anchor had to cut him off and say we have no we have no evidence of anything that he's saying being actually true. And then reading from the script that Newsmax was told, Newsmax anchors where I'll be told they need to read from because of the lawsuits against them. Saying there had, the election has been certified in every U.S. state. There has been no evidence, etc. It's different. It's, it's forced change, clearly. And while there are problems, clearly, with the idea of maybe Overly, I don't think this is overly using lawsuits with, with I, I, don't, I don't want to say legislating through the courts. I'll come back to that. I don't even want to say it because it's such bullshit. But people who spread lies and hurt others as a result need to be sued. They just need to be sued. Fox News should be, and, and its anchors should be sued by so many people who they've injured over the years. And you're going to hear about concerns, in some cases rightly so, about there being a slippery slope regarding speech. Where do you draw the line if you start being able to sue people for saying things that are false, knowingly, in order to over... I don't know, you know, I'm having a bit of a problem here like I often have with the slippery slope argument. My, I teach the slippery slope argument in one of my classes and I teach the fact that most of the time it's absolute bullshit. That when people talk about the slippery slope argument, there's, they're not doing it honestly. 
But there is a legitimate concern about a slippery slope, about basically things getting worse. If we start suing for this, then where do we draw the line? We're going to sue for, for other things. But it's for one thing, it's, it's kind of too late for that. Okay, Be, because one, we're in desperate times. And when you've got the right wing accusing its political opponents of being, among other things, Satan-worshipping pedophiles, I'm concerned about cutting off speech, but I'm more concerned with what's coming out of the mouths of these paid liars. We've got a bigger problem here. And the desperate times may call for desperate measures. I read for the first time this thing about frazzle drip. I don't know if you've heard about this. But this is this is spreading in, in right-wing circles that Hillary Clinton and her former aide, Huma Abedin, were basically drinking the blood of children, disfiguring children, torturing children. I mean, what? how fucked up is this? And... Well, again, I'm worried about a slippery slope with speech, but this is worse. You've got to stop this. Unfairly curtailing speech is one thing. Allowing basically Nazi propaganda to take hold in a large part of this country, well, we're already seeing the dangers of that. And like most slippery slope arguments, we're going to have to figure out where to draw the line. One thing is outright lies need to be punishable. If you're going to say something, there needs to be some basic basis, perhaps, for saying it if you are attacking somebody, especially political opponents. There are additional concerns about nuisance lawsuits and using lawsuits to affect policy. Let's start with, as you've heard from me before, you're going to be hearing people talk about these cases and talk about not legislating in our courts. I know that because it's a, it's a favorite right-wing shibboleth. Of course, we don't legislate in the courts. The courts don't have the constitutional ability to legislate. What courts do is enforce the law. And if you don't have the law being enforced in courts, then you might as well not legislate anywhere. You might as well not legislate in Congress. Because if you have laws that aren't being enforced, you might as well not have the laws in the first place. So if you do have laws, and there are laws about defamation, then you need to be able to enforce them, and you need to be able to go into court and enforce these lawsuits. Again, for those who argue that nuisance lawsuits are, are, are going to become a major problem, it's too late for that, too. We, we've already gone down that. Have you seen... Former President Donald Trump, this is a man who's brought how many lawsuits that we know of? I think it was it was thousands. It certainly was hundreds of lawsuits. I forget. We had shows in the past that covered this. This guy who sues about everything, sues to prevent people from, from doing anything against him, from speaking up and enforcing their rights and maybe even trying to get bills paid. Those nuisance lawsuits are problematic. Lawsuits by people who've been defamed by right-wing media, that's not a concern right now. The bottom line, of course, is that there needs to be accountability to fix the Republican Party and what's wrong with it and its lie machine. We spoke 
last a couple weeks ago about how corporate America is had stopped enabling Trump, how corporate America was pulling away from its Trump and Republican backing. Talked about what that means, and we shouldn't be confused about what to take out of that with corporate America. Corporate America has not found morals, just as a recap. Corporate America hasn't found morals because there isn't anything there to be found. Corporate America doesn't have morals. It's not supposed to have morals. Corporate morals is an oxymoron. It's not supposed to exist. Corporations are supposed to be selfish actors, and that is something that they absolutely live up to. The news this week on that front was McKinsey Consulting Firm, described as the preeminent consulting firm in the entire world, agreed to just about $600 million in settlements. One major settlement for about $573 million, a couple of little state settlements on top of that for just you know, $10, $13 million. On, on its role regarding opioids. You know, the opioids that are killing tens of thousands of Americans a year and over the past several decades, a couple hundred thousand. McKinsey has agreed to about $600 million of settlements, the preeminent consulting from the world for its role in turbocharging sales of opioids to Americans by, among others, Purdue Pharmaceuticals, its client Purdue Pharmaceuticals, and the Sackler family, those criminal scumbags who really demonstrate what lack of corporate ethics is all about. Turbocharging sales, consulting with Purdue about how they could get more opioid sales, more opioids into people. It's interesting to see the aftermath of this, by the way. Preparing for today's show, I was reading about this. In, In press releases, McKinsey is making a point of the fact that they ended their relationship with Purdue and opioids in 2019. So, you know, we we feel bad about what we did. Of course, that's corporate speak for we feel bad about getting caught. Let's note that this is, they said, we we ended our relationship with Purdue and opioids in 2019. Couple of points. One, this is years, literally years after we started reporting on this on Forward Nation Radio. Reporting on Purdue's role, the Sackler family's role in murdering tens of thousands of Americans. Years after that, McKinsey decided to pull away from Purdue. Not exactly at the front of the curve, are they? Also, they they ended their relationship with Purdue in 2019. Maybe it's just an unrelated fact that that was the year that Purdue filed for bankruptcy. So they stopped, they ended their relationship with a company that was going to get out of paying them. This is what passes, I guess, for corporate ethics. This is what we should be expecting out of corporate America. We'd like to believe that we could expect something better out of political parties who are supposed to believe in something, but we would only expect that if we didn't know the current Republican criminal organization which in many respects, of course, simply mirrors the worst of all corporations, giving a shit about absolutely nothing but its own bottom line. But then we get into media, which I think presents special cases 
all of their own. It's just not the same. I mean, maybe it should be the same as drug companies. I don't know. But media is a special case indeed. And right-wing media in particular and its role in America, I want to spend the rest of our show talking about. The right-wing media that our current president, Joe Biden, referred to as lies for profit. And there's really no better description of right-wing media than lies for profit. This needs to be treated differently from the rest of corporate America. Somehow, media needs to be treated differently. Because media is our reality. Media is what gives us the information we need to address every concern that this country needs to address. And if you cannot agree on reality, if you live in a false reality, everything else falls apart. Regarding right-wing media, do you remember just a few weeks ago when there were a lot of people out there, maybe some of you, hoping that January 6th, the assault on the United States government, would chasten right-wing media a little bit, would cause some changes, some retraction in right-wing media and its willingness to destroy the planet for profit? Well, that notion was quickly dispelled by the evil that is Fox News and its ilk. And I mean evil that is Fox News and its ilk. Fox News is responsible for what happened on January 6th in every way, shape, or form. They created the false media narrative. They created the whole false media universe. They pushed the envelope on lies. Yes, some are even worse than them right now, but Fox News is what allowed them to exist in the first place. And they are responsible for the assault on the United States government. Also in the news recently, uh, Fox News agreed to a settlement with the family of Seth Rich. Turns out they agreed to that settlement months ago. Seth Rich, you might remember, was the young Democratic staffer who was murdered. And that gave Fox News, among others, the opportunity to claim a Democratic conspiracy. And in effect, Democratic murder of Seth Rich. Dragging his family that already had to suffer with the loss of of this young man. Dragging them through the mud regarding his death. It turns out we're only learning recently about the settlement because Fox News required as part of the settlement that there would be silence through the 2020 election. So that Fox News is admitting, I'm sure they didn't admit to it, but but the settlement reflecting the fact that Fox News was peddling these lies would not interfere with Fox News continuing to peddle different lies to help a criminal narcissistic, pathologically lying scumbag remain the president of the United States. Something that no less than the Wall Street editorial board and its members, which I have frequently described as Fox News for people who can read, were outraged about Fox News. You know, when you're so fucking right-wing that the Wall Street Journal editorial board thinks you stink, man, there aren't enough showers in the world to fix you. And do not expect Fox News to get any better. 
They were part of that. Gee, maybe there'll be some hope that Fox News will temper its message after the assault on the United States government. Well, nope. You've already heard this. This is where their money is. Their money is in peddling insanity. Their only concern is that they are losing viewers to even more insane sources. And Fox News decided to circle the wagons and cover their right flank by replacing air quotes here, news, whatever passed for news on Fox News with right-wing assholes, with further right-wing opinion, some of the worst, including the aforementioned Maria Bartiromo in a primetime slot rather than something that could pass for news. Two senior leaders of the reporting division, so-called reporting division at Fox News, left seeing the handwriting on the wall. Uh, They fired a veteran politics editor who was an on-screen face of their 2020 election coverage wherein they did the dirty deed of calling Arizona for Joe Biden just because Joe Biden had won Arizona. That terrible, awful, unforgivable sin of not lying about the results of the election got this guy fired. It continues to try to lure back viewers who found it too sane regarding things like the 2020 election. This is where we are. In the wake of the assault on the United States government, right-wing media is getting worse, except where lawsuits are causing them to calm down in a couple of places. Again, because there's even worse than Fox News. And just like the Republican Party and its members, they are just worried about constantly fending off attacks from right-wing monsters that they helped create. Uh, We read this week that One American News and Newsmax viewers in a recent poll, 3% think that President Biden got more votes than President Trump. 3% of those viewers accept this very basic reality. Versus an astounding 17% for Fox News viewers. This is what passes for way too insane. 17% of Fox News viewers believe in reality. So Fox News' response to that is, man, we better get more fucking insane so we can get that number down to 3% where it belongs. So what does this mean? And Who should be affected by this? I want to say that when I talk about Fox News, we're not just talking about Sean, Sean Hannity, Tucker Carlson, the whole list of right-wing shit, of human trash. Years ago, Brett Baer, where was it, on, on The Daily Show with Jon Stewart, went on. Brett Baer, who's supposedly a face of Fox News News. We've talked on this show about if if he's the face of Fox News News, that really, that really makes a statement. But... He went on defending the news division, saying, yeah, we have a lot of opinion, but the news division is news. Turns out the data doesn't offer that much of a distinction, that in fact, when it comes to spreading lies about the election having been stolen, Fox News' news division doesn't do any better than its opinion division. But the idea that Brett Baer tried to cover himself in glory while the rest of Fox News turned out to be shit, well, that can't work for anybody anymore. It just can't. And people who work for Fox News, they need to leave at this point. 
I, year, years ago, when I was running my program's internship program, I had a student who got a job in human resources at Fox News. And I talked to the student. She said, you know, the people in the human resources department, they don't even like Fox News, most of them. They, they know it's bullshit. They don't watch it. They don't. Well, they just, you know, for them, it's just a job. I understand that. You need to leave. I have a cousin who's a reporter on Fox News. He's done very well for himself. He's always said that Fox News has always treated him very well. Well, good for you. Apparently, destroying the planet pays well. But the bottom line is, sorry, you need to leave. They're a criminal organization destroying the planet. You need to not give it any legitimacy anymore. And we should be expecting that everybody having any association with Fox News leaves. That, of course, particularly goes to Democrats. This question we've been asking, Democrats have been asked for a long time. Should Democrats go on Fox News? I know Bill Maher has been saying for years, you know, that's what the people watch. People need, Democrats need to go on Fox News because that's what they're watching. No, they don't. And I think this question's been answered. They need to not lend it any legitimacy at all. Democrats should stay away from Fox News. Obama and Clinton, I think, both made some comment about Fox News being the enemy. It's not legitimate news. You shouldn't be going on it. Even other media, perhaps mainstream media, we need to somehow treat differently and expect and require better of. Not just expect, but figure out how to require better of for this country to somehow survive. Yes, Twitter permanently banned Trump. Too little, too late. But of course, social media presents problems and issues that just are especially vexing. And we will continue to talk about free speech over the next weeks and months. But there is a particularly difficult problem posed by social media, which just allows for the spread of lies to any asshole who is subject to to believing those lies. We saw improvement, at least in mainstream media during the end of the Trump administration. And at some point, the mainstream media needs to double down and just keep reporting lies as lies, bullshit as bullshit. The Trump era isn't over. The Trump era is in full swing. And we need to expect our media to report on lies. Uh, There was an interesting example that came up this week. Cumulus Radio. Cumulus Radio basically has a programming lineup of right-wing shit. Well, in light of lawsuits, they sent a memo to their news, so-called news people, their broadcasters, saying, steer clear of endorsing misinformation about election fraud or using language that promotes violent protest. First of all, this is the thing they need to send out a memo saying, don't spread misinformation about election fraud or using language that promotes violent protest. I guess it's it's progress that they sent the memo, at least. But we're going to need to do a little bit better than that. Somehow we're going to need to make all these media organizations afraid for their bottom line. One part of that is putting pressure on advertisers. I just heard on one of my podcasts, one of the podcasts I listened to today, that progressive insurance is advertising on right-wing shit on Fox News. No sane person should use progressive insurance. I said this before, we don't have a website anymore. 
but there need to be all kinds of websites devoted to. Here are the advertisers for for Tucker Carlson, for Sean Hannity, etc. As I pointed out, nobody should buy should buy Goya beans anymore or my or my pillow pillows until those companies radically change. I found really disturbing news listening to one of my podcasts um, that while we need to put pressure on cable companies through advertising, there's an even bigger problem here, which is that I support Fox News. I will never view Fox News, but through my cable company, I heard $20 per subscriber a year goes directly to Fox News. I'm paying for Fox News. That's fucking crazy. There need to be laws that not only promote competition among cable companies so that they don't all suck and so that maybe some cable companies will come out and say, we will not carry people, we will not carry challenge that are channels that are uh, that represent a direct threat to the United States and the people in it. But other than that, we need laws. We need laws that say maybe that people like me should not have to support Fox News on our on our channels. Um, who else needs to get busy addressing this problem? People within all these media organizations, etc. Who else is responsible? Obviously, the far right morons are responsible for this, but we are all somewhat responsible and we're all going to need to fix this yes it's mostly the idiots but it is our democracy and it is us as a people that are fundamentally broken at this point in america i've been arguing forever how our democracy is broken but our misinformation our failure to act as citizens in a democracy in a civilized society is leading to our being fundamentally broken And some things are going to need to change if this country is going to get better. First of all, the notion that we should not talk politics because it makes people uncomfortable. That needs to be swept out the window. We need to bring up politics. Political discourse needs to not be discouraged. It needs to be encouraged. Americans need to engage in political discussion at the picnic and everywhere else. Because if you if you don't use it, you lose it, basically. And we lost it decades ago. And that also extends to our educational system, which has shied away from anything that smacks of controversy, which means anything that is real, anything that affects the lives of millions of Americans. Our educational system, as I tell my students all the time, has totally let us down. We can't shy away from controversy now more than ever, especially as reality itself becomes controversial. Because right now, that is the controversy. Reality. So pretty soon, our schools will not be able to talk about the Holocaust. Apparently, based on the study a few years ago by the Southern Poverty Law Center about something like 8% of high school seniors know that slavery was was the cause of the Civil War. 8% of U.S. high school seniors. Pretty soon we're not going to be able to talk about the Holocaust either because there's a whole Holocaust-denying industry on right-wing media that makes it controversial. 
We need to talk about controversial subjects because otherwise it says it's okay to be ignorant. We need to tell people they need to read newspapers. Young people, kids need to be told they need to be informed. They need to read newspapers and they have to have political discussions. Maybe respectfully and all that, but they need to have discussions. We need to be able to take a stand for reality in 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 this country and in our educational system. I work for the City University of New York. And I see emails coming from various dignitaries at the university. Queens College president, the chancellor of CUNY. And they all have to be bipartisan. None of them can come out and say, we are battling an anti-information, anti-truth, anti-fact president. Before the election anyway. They can't say that. How could you not say that? How is it that CUNY emails have to have this patina of bipartisanship, which means completely partisan on behalf of the Republicans, the side that lies. When you, when you don't call out one side's lies or one side's failure to govern or one, side, or one side's threat to America, you are being partisan. I, do, do, do CUNY people think that the right is going to stop attacking CUNY for being liberal college professors? They're going to attack us no matter what we do. So why don't we do what we need to do? Which is say, sorry people, but right now we have one political party that is peddling false narratives, untruths, lies, just ridiculous conspiracy theories. And as an educational institution, we are not going to sit idly by and watch that happen. In my teaching, I say all the time I'm going to bend over backwards to be fair to both sides, whatever both sides actually means, to show on every issue that there's controversy. But for years I've said, I am not going to pay lip service to the fact that if you support Donald Trump, you're anything other than a fucking idiot or a selfish piece of shit. Because for years it has been obvious if you support Donald Trump, you are either a fucking idiot or a selfish piece of shit or more likely both. I say it nicer when I'm in class, by the way, in case anyone's wondering. Uh, And of course, we need to fix voting, which we will continue to talk about as, as we go. Americans cannot be afraid to face this controversy and ultimately beat this threat, this existential threat that we are up against. Anyway, we'll keep talking about this on future shows. Until I speak to you next time. Thanks for joining us. Be well, be safe, and we'll see you soon. You've been listening to Forward Nation Radio with David Leventhal. 